This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, and get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life. Martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guest experience into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of life for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Devine Show. Hoo-yah. Well, we talk about some modern-day collector cars. Take a deep dive into the uh, Volvo 262, which we thought may have been a 242 initially. And then we talked to appraiser and car expert, no doubt. Just uh, all-around good guy. An all-around good guy, Donald Osborne from yeah. Jay Leno's Garage. First, there's Geico. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to GEICO.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. Get it on. Got to get it on. No choice. We're going to mandate to get it on. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. I love that about you. It is CarCast. Madam Coral, it's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, over there. Donald Osborne is going to join us. Donald is the guy you see on uh, Jay Leno's Garage. Yeah. Doing, uh, the singer. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of an opera singer. Yeah. A car aficionado. Um, got an event coming up. We'll talk to him about uh, that. But uh, it is... I got to ask him, I, I don't know if it fell out of my queue or whatever. I'm not sure what's going on with Jay Leno's garage. I'm not sure if it's uh, yeah back on when the season starts, if they're doing another one. I mean, I guess Chris could check into yeah, that. Yeah, Chris or figure, Ben can look it up, see what's going on out. with Jay Leno's garage TV show. Um, so uh, <clears throat> cool footage out of Goodwood in the hill climb. Oh, boy, did we make a mistake. Yeah, we got to get out there every year. <laughs> we made a mistake not going. I was talking to Goldberg about it as well. He's He's been out there a handful of times, like three events I think he's been to as well. And, man, we were just talking about how this event has, I don't know, if grown is the right word, but maybe just the eyeballs on it. Matured. Yeah. It's just, look, as auto shows have died down a little bit, and we're starting to see car manufacturers reach out to other venues to debut cars, Monterey, you know, the lawn at Pebble Beach, the Quail, that's cool. But now that these manufacturers are debuting racing cars, new cars, new crazy hyper cars, but they're debuting it in a way where they're also racing it up a hill, mm-hmm. right? right? And what a what a cool way 
to see that. And it's just the footage coming out of there. By the way, stepping up their game, Goodwood's coverage on social media of their event and all the little clips of the hill climb, just fantastic stuff. Yeah, and we saw that fan car, I guess, set a record. I mean, yeah. a fan, like a fan, like a ceiling fan. Uh, this is a, it's called the, the McMurtry, McMurtry, McMurtry Automotive is the name of the company. Uh, it's a, a wealthy older gentleman um, in, his, in his 80s, and uh, he brought on a young guy to, to run this company. They created this car. It's an EV. It's an electric car. And this is a pretty new company. I think they've built two, like, prototypes. Mm -hmm. And they went out to the whole climb to test it and debut it. And it was all about lightweight. They're saying EVs are so big and heavy. How do we do a lightweight car? So it's small. You Mm -hmm. know, it's very tiny. It's rear-wheel drive. Mm -hmm. uh, It's a single-seater in the middle. Yeah. Just, you know, just one seat. One seat. It's not not stacked like a McLaren F1. And yes, it has this fan in the back that. By by the way, uh, Jay Leno's garage. There's no word on whether they're going for season seven or not, according to the internet. So go yeah, ahead. but that's a look. Six seasons is already a good run, right? Yeah, that's a huge success. Uh, so I think they were saying that. Um, as they, they configured it specifically for the hill climb, right? So they had it geared up. It, it didn't – It's they had it geared to not go more than about 150 miles an hour, but launch hard, 0 to 60 in like one and a half seconds, mm-hmm. rear-wheel drive. And you're right. The fan is – sucks in air from underneath – basically from underneath the car, brings the car down, creates downforce, but almost full downforce – at a standstill with the air, with the air on, like two thousand kilograms of pressure, like mm-hmm. forty four hundred pounds. Yeah, it's funny that Gordon Murray's doing that, right? Yeah, so he's doing it on his on his T fifty streetcar, a supercar. Right, and it's funny that this one's called the McMurray or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, there's <laughs> yeah, only the two fan cars out there, and they're pretty. They're pretty kind close of saying they're both. Another. They're both British. I yeah. Guess. So what did it do in thirty nine seconds or something? Thirty nine seconds. Now. The downforce on this car basically at a standstill and the downforce on this car at 150 miles an hour, there's only like a two or 300 pound difference. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's creating all this massive downforce and uh, they had it geared for the hill climb. It was incredibly fast. When you watch the video, if you guys see it on any of the Goodwood channels and watch this, it, it, it looks incredibly fast, which you don't always normally get to see in a video. Yeah, you don't oftentimes get the, um, the camera's experience so far back. Of, yeah. of, of speed. The camera's back, and it's turning very slowly as yeah. the car's going down the straightaway, and you just look at it and go, oh, they're not going that fast. You know, If you're in the car, it'll feel fast. Yeah. But this thing looks fast. It looks like between the electric motor sound and then the car moving at such a rapid pace, it just almost looks like it's sped up. So it's not just the electric motor that's making the sound. It's that fan that's on there, which is crazy because they were trying to like, why does this sound so different? Is that fan powered by an internal combustion engine? I, I don't think so. It has. I think it's all pure EV. Underneath, there's a battery. So if you imagine where you're sitting and you're looking out the front windshield, the battery is U-shaped where it's basically on your sides and wraps behind you. Uh-huh. So it's kind of a U-shaped battery. 
uh, electric motor just powering the rear wheels. And then the other thing that they were talking about was unlike the fan cars of the past, if you it, – it, the car has to kind of seal itself you know, onto the pavement, right? And that's how it, it can create that pressure a and vacuum, that fan blows yeah. it out. But if you hit like a rumble strip, you break the seal. Mm-hmm. So this car was designed to pull air through the center underneath the car. So if you hit the rumble strip in your tires, you don't break the seal. It's a narrow area underneath the car. Uh-huh. Uh, so it, it that's how it was able to keep its downforce going the whole time. And then when you see the video and it looks like there's smoke or steam or something coming out of the back, they're like, that's literally just dust. It's just a big vacuum cleaner and it spits it all out the wow. back. It's like racing a Dyson up the hill climb. It was really cool to see. What did the Gordon Murray car do? Because it I, made a run too. Yeah, I don't know if they were just doing an exhibition or if they were running for time, but I think Dario Franchini was driving it. Um, I, well, I have to look up the full list. Let me see if I can find it on the list uh, while you chat. But the Lucid, which is the big sedan that we've talked about, I think you said you might have saw one, the EV, in your mm-hmm. neighborhood not mm-hmm. too long ago. That set a production car uh, a win, mm-hmm. um, 50.79 seconds. Now, when you watch that video, that's actually pretty cool to see because that's a big, heavy car with body roll, and you're looking at it going, this should not be going that fast. It looks like it's going to break loose on the turns, and they ran it in production trim. I think uh, electric cars are definitely the future of that hill climb, and oh then they're gosh. just going to have to have two categories, internal combustion and electric. All right, Donald Osborne is ready, so okay. I'm told. There he is. He's wearing a bow tie, what? everybody. That's weird. <laughs> Good to see you, my friend. We uh, Good to see you, too. Always enjoy talking to Donald Osborne. We see him, like I said, uh, on Jay Leno's Garage uh, during one of my favorite segments where, you know, he gets the three cars out there and he gets the value of those cars. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know, uh, Donald, are you an official appraiser? Absolutely. I have been for 20 years an accredited senior appraiser of the American Society of Appraisers as a personal property appraiser with the specialty in automobiles. Oh, well, then that answers that yeah, question. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> You're succinct as well. I, I like that. Um, Donald, what do you, uh, what do you love uh, automobile-wise? Because, you know, when we see on those segments with Leno, you'll have an old Packard out there. You'll have a you know, more modern-day Japanese car. You'll have a Yanko Camaro. You know, you really mix it up. But I don't really know, because you have your appraiser's hat on, uh, which one would really speak to you well uh first of all adam i have to say that then i'm doing my job beautifully well much like a politician that never wants to necessarily uh show their hand at the first introduction um i like to spread the joy wherever i can but the reality of the situation is that my tastes are incredibly diverse and are growing more so every day in fact um the older i get uh, the fewer things I dislike, strangely enough, unlike uh, a lot of other people that I know. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of people think of me sort of as an Italian car guy because I've, of course, written a book about Italian design and I've had lots of Italian cars and been very involved with Italian cars. But I've owned and currently own German cars, English cars. I've owned Japanese cars. And I like, I've fallen madly in love in the last. Uh, probably seven or eight years 
with brass era cars. So I love 1890s cars to 2022 cars. So it's, it's a sort of an amazing thing. Well, here's a challenge for you in the appraiser department. Uh, Matt and I, we always like to look. Uh, now is the time where you get up and you pop on RM and Gooding and Sotheby's and uh, some of these other Meekum and what have you. And you say, well, what new cars are coming up into the queue for Pebble Beach, you know, at the auction. Mm-hmm. So let's see some yeah. cool stuff. And it always starts off a little sparse. And then one morning you wake up and there's a bunch of cool stuff on there. And you go, oh, man, I wonder what that thing's going for. <laughs> there's a Ferrari. Is it a 410? The 410, um, the uh, the Ferrari 410. Uh, that's Super America. Yeah, that Shelby race, but with the... With the one-off coachwork body, right? The uh, yeah, it's uh, a it's a race car. It's one that Shelby campaigned yeah. a lot. Maybe it's one. I think it says that he campaigned it the most. Uh, one of the cars he's campaigned the most. I remember when we were doing the Shelby doc, lots of old footage of him driving that car. It's kind of interesting because it's a Ferrari. It's a V12, but most of the time those V12s were you know three liter or something. This is kind of almost a big block. Ferrari. This thing is, I don't know, five liter or yeah, four nine or it, something like that. It's the nineteen fifty five Ferrari four ten Sport Spider by Scaglietti. Mm-hmm. And it's you know, it's it's the racing car. Like you said, it's got uh more races by Shelby than any other car that he drove with eight wins and ten podiums. It's got a lot of great history. I don't think it has Lamar history, which is always a big deal, but it's got a lot of history. What's your take? I, you know, of course, that's a uh, they don't give the estimate on that car. But uh, what's your thoughts, Donald? Well, there's two things. First of all, it's very funny because a lot of people, because of the whole Ford versus Ferrari kind of thing, they don't either remember or don't think of Carroll Shelby as a Ferrari driver, but as evidenced by this car, he was a very successful Ferrari driver because he also drove Aston Martins. He drove lots of cars in the 1950s and all quite successfully. And um, the uh, 410 is a really interesting car, too, because um, Ferrari did something uh, that was indeed the big block. Ferrari was a big believer in they ran, as you probably know, two completely different architecture in V12s during the 1950s, the Colombo blocks and Lampredi blocks, depending on one for the road cars, one for the race cars. But they also... Enzo Ferrari was a guy that wanted to have sort of horses for courses. He changed displacements, counted cylinders, ran four-cylinder cars in the places where he thought he could, they would do the best. So he was very much somebody who thought, okay, for America, you need lots of power, you need lots of displacement, you need that kind of power delivery. So he, they made those big blocks for racing in America. And uh, what happened was very interesting to me also. Later, they put a version of that engine into a very, very, very exclusive road car, the 410 Super America, which is the ultra-luxury top-of-the-line uh, Ferrari road car. Um, so the other thing in terms of the collector car market, people have often asked, and I try to not take these people as clients, and I have that great luxury these days, thank God, uh, when they'll say, what can I buy today that will be worth 50% more in five years? And I say <laughs> three things to them generally. One, my crystal ball is at the restorers. They're waiting for a part, so I really can't tell you. Uh, two, if I did know, I would buy it now and sell it to you for two and a half years. In two and a half years, and only take half of the appreciation. Um, and, and the third thing is, if you love it, 
it doesn't matter if the day after you buy it, someone only wants to pay you half of what you paid for it because you're buying it for what you think this car is going to bring to you. And I say, okay, if they, if they get past those three questions and I think they're a nice person, I'll say, okay, the guaranteed appreciating object is a Ferrari sports racing car with a good, solid history, no question marks, no appearances suddenly after 16 or 20 years lost in Argentina, um, mm -hmm. then you know it's going to appreciate. Now, it will still cost you a great deal of money, a car like this, uh, this 400 um, SS, without knowing um, everything about the history of the car, if it were to be expected to sell for less than $15 million, I would be shocked, but probably certainly perhaps closer to 20, given the Carroll Shelby history. And perhaps even more if two people sit in the room and say, I am not going to let Adam Carolla get that car no matter what. <laughs> um, so um, it doesn't matter. Uh, so it's one of those things that cars that actually take us back to their time are living history of the cars that have the most interest in the market. And that living history can be a 65 Mustang convertible because of the emotional effect that those cars had on a lot of people. Or it could be a VW Bug or it could be a Ferrari uh, sports racer is driven by Carroll Shelby. So, you know, that's where the market is. And of course, I know that Adam is interested in auctions because I love telling the story all the time. Before I actually met you, Adam, this is absolutely wonderful because we had, of course, this very personal connection, this soul connection, because you bought the first of your Isleros was my old Islero that you bought from me at Gooding in oh, really? 2008. Wow. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yes. That's the 6267. Yeah. That is so, right. So um, it, it was terrific. And it also, it, it was a great, if you don't mind me telling the story, hopefully you don't. Sure. If you do, you'll never have me as a guest again, <laughs> which is sad, but um, I think you'll appreciate the story. Um, I know I told it before, um, but when I, I had spoken to a lot of people during the auction preview who had looked at the car and, and chatted with a bunch of them and the car sold and it sold very well, I was happy for that. Although you got a great deal. Uh, and, <laughs> Both things um, cannot be true, yeah. but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as they say in the business, well sold and well bought. Yeah, um, right. the, uh, so the next day, I uh, actually, no, that, that night I called and spoke to uh, Judy Levine, who was working for Goodings then, Goodings then and said, um, I know you can't tell me who bought the car, but I just want to know if it was this father and son who had looked at it. No, it wasn't. It was this young guy who was there with a posse. No, they wouldn't travel the posse. He said, I remember that we had to take him back to see the car because the first time he saw it was when it came up on the block. He said, he didn't see it in the preview? I said, no. I said, oh, well, did he like it? He said, oh, yeah, he was really happy with it. I said, oh, thank God. So, <laughs> So that was that was a very very. It's funny because you were running late. Um, yeah, a posse. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I got a posse, you guys. But but the running late part, not be able to see the car, that probably is true. Well, you know, we have so many. We our dance card is full when we go to Monterey because we want to be at the track. There's racing at the track. Sometimes the racing schedule doesn't permit us to get everywhere all the time, and then we end up running to one mm -hmm. event or asking some Gooding or RM, you know, can you let us in even if it's after closing, so to speak, <laughs> and, and walk around and, and people are usually pretty accommodating, but you know, the, the schedule, there's, there's so many run groups going off at uh, Monterey every year 
It just seems to keep growing. You have to really work it out. Like we plan our run group around the quail. Uh huh. Because there is, there's, you know, I have a cars like, you know, a, a BRE 510 or something like that, which I, I would love to run in the 2.5 Trans Am or whatever the, you know, cars from 1966 and 1968 under two liters or right. so, whatever it is. I, I'd be fine, except for they go off, you know, uh, qualifying is right in the middle of the quail. And then the, the race is Sunday at one o'clock, yeah, which means pebble. no pebble. <laughs> you know, I mean, you have to, you have to, you have to bring the right car for the right schedule. But that's why they have those helicopters there, Adam. <laughs> yeah. It's just to arrange for for your schedule uh, on the track, and and they'll just have the announcer stretch. It's like Adam's not here yet. Just stretch, <laughs> right? Well, your event, uh, a drain young timers is what it's called. It's July 17th in Newport, Rhode Island. And you're going to, it's going to feature younger, newer cars, which are now kind of all the rage. I mean, we see, I was just talking to Matt, there's an Acura type R. Yeah. 2001 Integra, Integra type R. I'm bringing a trailer for like ninety thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I got fifty six thousand miles on I, it. It, it, it. There's newer Japanese cars that are getting all the money. There's uh, anything kind of nineties rally based, you know, it's got a Cosworth engine in it, and, and you know, it's a Lancia or whatever. I mean, there are, you know, when we were starting out, it was yeah, cars from the fifties, cars from the sixties, you know, muscle cars and that kind of stuff. Now we're well into the eighties. And getting into the 90s with collector cars. Well, um, you you not only hit the nail on the head, but also allowed me to do a twofer in terms of shameless promotion. Uh, because on the upcoming season of Jay Leno's Garage that uh, I think premieres in September, uh, one of the features, one of my uh, uh, Donald Osborne assessing caress behind the bow tie, a single car appraisal feature, is on an Acura Integra. Um, and... The idea behind Young Timers is just what you just mentioned, Adam, the fact that we have to realize collecting moves forward. Car collecting is still fairly new. I mean, basically, people started collecting cars after World War II. People have been collecting art since the Romans collected Greek art. So, you know, by that standard, it's pretty new. But I'm, I'm someone who does not believe in generational shift. I think that the field of collected cars and interesting collected cars continues to grow. And you have to realize that cars built in 2002 are 20 years old now. Mm -hmm. And when I first started getting into cars, the cars that I found interesting were the interesting, quirky, innovative, fun cars of 10, 15, 20 years before the time I started getting into cars. So it's not surprising that these cars are now interesting. Also, they're old enough that they've stood the test of time. The basic rules of what makes an object collectible or interesting have now begun to manifest themselves in these cars. Their attributes of value what did they mean to their manufacturers? What did they mean to the time in which they were built? What did they mean socially um, and uh, sort of uh, emotionally to their time period? So Audrain Young Timers celebrates cars from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And because those cars are not becoming collector cars, they are collector cars. It's just a fact. And we just have to recognize that. Yeah, and one of the cars I see as an example is like a 1990 Mercedes 190E 2.5 16-valve uh, Evolution. I think we <laughs> saw one of those things go for 
250 or was it like 400k or something uh, on bring a trailer the yeah, other day pulling, pulling big money and we were talking about this small small engine the big heavy car small engine it's kind of the same thing of the uh e30 um bmw uh m3 like i used to have one of those cars i love that car fairly gutless for the size of the car and the right, weight yeah. weight of the car but uh, th- that's a car the Mercedes has already moved. I-, I would say if I was looking for something to get sucked up in the vacuum of that car, I'd be looking at a E30 M3 BMW from you know about the same era. They were sort of built to compete against each other, and I, I would I'd and the BMW is already popped a little bit, yeah, but it's not it. it's yeah. it's not popped that much. It's not not to that point. Thoughts, Donald? Well, again, th- thinking about the um, values and what the market is doing, what the market is saying today, this is very much a market built on the exper- experiential ownership. People want to drive their cars rather than look at them. And the cars that are bringing those very high prices, some of the E30s are already bringing extremely high prices already, are very low mileage examples or examples with a great ownership history, You know, notable owners, uh, team drivers, things like that as their original owners and the, and the like. Um, the, um, there are cars that I'd probably say rather than the Evo two, the, uh, one ninety E 2.316 is still relatively good value for a limited production, high performance car of its period. And you mentioned something, and this is a great conversation that we don't have time for now. Um, but you mentioned gutless. I'm a big believer in putting things into the perspective of their time. These are high-performance cars. Yes, a modern Corolla can outperform most of these cars that were performance cars of the 1980s. But putting them in their context and driving them in that way, I think, frankly, we can use more of those of the performance of those cars today on the road than you could when they were new. And I think they offer very entertaining day-to-day driving and sort of weekend driving than track driving. If you want to drive fast on a track, you drive a modern car. And yeah. even of the modern cars that, that you know, it's, it's I, I recently, actually, three days ago, I drove for a video I was just shooting, a uh, 2016 911R and a 2022 GT3. And this morning, I drove a 69 911 um, S Targa soft window. And it was remarkable. The, <laughs> the, the, the 69 Targa, wandered all over the road and the big wood steering wheel you had to to to, to use it like a a yacht wheel but it was a blast i could not drive it the way i drove the 911 r but it didn't make it any less more any less fun it was astonishing just totally different sure a, a very different experience but still a fun experience yeah. oh agreed oh, yeah. yeah i i mean doesn't mean it off, wasn't gutless i didn't mean <laughs> gutless as a pejorative <laughs> <laughs> I just meant uh, like low you in the nicest way. <laughs> I meant get the 2.5 stroker in that uh, bad boy and yeah. see if you can get it over 200 horsepower. That's what I meant. But um, no, well, look, I, I tell people all the time. They always go, "Oh, how fast did you go? How fast? How fast?" Lay people always want to know if you go, "Oh, I did a race or I did an event or something." They go, "How fast?" And the answer is. I, I tell them all the time, look, you, f- you fly a Southwest flight 
to Phoenix, you're going 550 miles an hour. You have a drink in your hand. You know what I mean? <laughs> what are we talking about here? Yeah. You, if I put you in a shopping cart and rolled you down a hill, you'd be going 22 miles an hour and hanging on for dear life. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It'd be completely. So what is it? Are we talking about the speed? Or are we talking about, you know, the experience? Right. You know, I, I tell them if, if you got into one of those. You know, dots and five tens from with the thirteen inch rims and the drum brakes in the rear, gutted out with nothing but one seat and a roll cage, and you t- took that thing down the freeway and you were going one hundred and twenty three miles an hour, you- you'd be out of your mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> or you could be in the back of a Denali that was going one hundred and forty miles an hour and you wouldn't even feel it. You, you, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's the it's the experience. Get into one of those tin cans. Go, you know, 122 miles an hour and have two other tin can guys right right next to you, and you shall have the sensation of speed, my friend. Sure. Exactly. And I'm sure it, it must uh, amuse and, and, and amaze people when they look into the cockpit of a race car that doesn't even have a speedometer. The cockpit is all you care about. You don't need to know how fast you're going as long as you're faster than the guy behind you. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Yeah, that's another. Speed, speed is, is, is nothing. Yeah. I, it's another obsession of people. Where's the speedometer? I'm yeah. like, it's just yeah. weight <laughs> that is unnecessary. Well, I mean, yeah. And when they ask the question, how fast are you going? They want to hear something like 150 miles an hour. They don't want to hear, oh, I ran 142. Right. <laughs> on the, on the, it was a lap time because they don't, they don't know what that means. Right. Abso- <laughs> absolutely. Um, the, uh, the event is going to, uh, feature uh, i'm looking at some of the cars here we got uh nissan skyline those are starting to pop uh saab 900 turbo convertible yeah saab i feel like saab's getting a little love lately people looked at saab as sort of the weird car Mm -hmm. from their childhood that uh only hipsters bought because there was no real practical reason to choose a saab over a nissan or a toyota or even a ford but they're starting to get a little starting to get a little love these days and and probably rightfully so they're interesting cars when you think about the fact that uh turbos are ubiquitous today i mean we don't even think about turbos in cars when you think about turbos and performance cars and bring it to the average non-race driver porsche obviously did that with the 930 but think about what saab did with the 99 turbo that was the first sort of performance turbo since the Corvair Monza Spider, and uh, so I think that again, it's the it's the context in which these cars need to be considered uh, because of the uh, what they meant historically, uh, and again, the emotional tie. Saab people are Saab people, you know. Um, they they love the quirks of the cars, but they're also interesting to non-Saab people, who are the people discovering them now because of their dynamic capabilities. They're really neat cars. They were very well built. I, I will say this without offending any of my friends at GM, because all the people that were at GM at this point are already retired. But, um, you know, the pre-GM Saab were really, really neat cars. They had a lot of character. And among the last cars that actually also expressed a certain national character, which a lot of cars had back then. Here's a question uh, that maybe only you can answer. And I don't even know how much you know about these cars. I've never, we've never spoken about this car, but it popped into my head. Because if I start talking about Saab, I'll eventually have thoughts about Volvo. 
I just kind of okay. I just kind of bleed into Volvo thoughts. And I don't even know, maybe Chris can find it was like a two forty or something. For a very limited amount of time in the early eighties, I think, they made a Volvo that was chopped. They made a Volvo yes, with a roof line that was chopped. Do you ever you ever see that? Yeah, I don't recall. It's a funny kind of sedan. Two four but... two. Two four two. They oh. were bought they were bodied by Bertone in Italy. I knew um, you would know the answer to this question. Luxury. Yeah. Yes, they're they're the the the, the super luxury uh, Volvos. Yes, I, um, they're extremely rare because unlike their uh, absolutely eternal uh, sedan and wagon brethren, uh, most of the two four two coupes rusted away um, beneath their vinyl tops, and uh, so they're extremely rare today. I I feel like if you could find a clean version of that car, yeah. you would be kind of ahead of the game. In the it was what we're talking semi modern uh, collectible cars. That's one you'll never see at a cars and coffee. You'll never see it pop up anywhere. You'll never see one on the road. You'll just never see one. But they're a cool piece. And bodied by Bretone probably means there's some some collect collectors there. And I, I yes, I remember it's a two four something, but it's a two four two. Yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Donald, let's give your event a plug. Uh, a drain, young timers, and it's July seventeenth in uh, Newport, Rhode Island. And go there, and you can go get tickets at uh, a drain, automuseum dot org. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, <laughs> a drain, a drain, a drain motorsports dot com. Oh, okay. AudrainMotorsport.com. All right. And uh, we look forward to the next season of uh, Jay Leno's Garage featuring Donald Osborne, of course. Always good to catch up. Are you going to Pebble Beach this year? I shall be there, and I hope to. Uh, what, are you, what are you running at the races this year? Uh, 935. Okay. I'm going to make a determined effort. Are you going to be there the weekend before as well? Not well, for yeah. the not for the prehistorics, but for the historics. Uh, but okay. come find us, uh, please, Donald, and and say hi. Absolutely. I, I mean, I'm sure to. we'll see you at the Quail or Pebble, but you should come by the track. We'd love to show you the car. Absolutely, I'd love that. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank you. Donald. See you. All right. Do we have? Do you see that car? That uh, Volvo. I, I was looking it up, uh, except he said vinyl top, and I didn't see something with the vinyl. They top. had a vinyl top. Yeah, but I did. I saw a couple pictures just on my phone, real quick, of of the Chris car. Chris will throw one up. And the uh, kind Volvo two four two. Yeah, kind of a. Sp- I'm seeing more like a. This one's a two six two. Maybe it was a two six two. I mean, we're, no, we're, it was. It wasn't that one. Okay. It was. Uh, I don't know. Volvo. Two four two. What does the two four two look like? Let's see if he if, if something came up with in regards to that. Yeah, it was that with the chop top though. That it had a it had a chopped roof on it. Yeah, which is weird for a sedan. Just for shits and giggles, search for the Volvo two four two chop top because someone might have commented and it came up in a in a search result. Uh, but I'm kind of curious. Now this one we're looking at is a little bit modified, right? It's like it's lower. It's got some wheels on it. Yeah, uh, so it's the internet always gives you the wrong car. Yeah, <laughs> always right. kind of kind of curious. Yeah, I'm seeing this is also two six two. I'll put it up. Yeah, that was yeah. Prob- oh, there you that, go. There you yeah, go. So maybe so it was a two six two. Yeah. yeah, see the chopped roof line, the vinyl top. So right. 
Yeah, maybe he meant two six two, but uh, yeah, yeah. They, they, the guy in it is six three, and his head's against <laughs> just the like, dome light. I, I was just looking at that. I was like, look at the size of this guy. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a cool piece from back in the day. And like I yeah. said, you'll never see one anywhere. All right, a uh, little shorter show than we normally do. You guys can uh, check me out, Blue Room Comedy Club, July 15th and 16th, Springfield, Missouri. Do a couple of live pods there and some stand-up as well. Just go to adamcrolla.com and uh, everything reminds me of something. Book's coming out, so you can pre-order it. Just go to adamcrolla.com and hit the banner, the button. What do you got, man? I just saw a preview of the book, by the way. It looks good. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, just give me a follow on social media at Motorator. Love that. So until next time, Adam Kroll for Donald Osborne and Matt the Moderator DeAndrea saying keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com. Would you love to save money on insurance? Of course, who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent.